Hey there, this is Dr. Greg Eckel, and today we'll be mapping longevity on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on the clinical relevance of the functional nutrition matrix, the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. The matrix is so important not only because it invites us to stop and assess, but also because it reminds us of three very important factors in our care, our recommendations, and our outcomes. Everything is connected. We are all unique and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Dr. Greg Eckel. In practice since 2001, Dr. Gregory Eckel co-founded Nature Cures Clinic in Portland, Oregon, where he shares what he calls Soraya's gifts with the world. As a loving husband and clinician, he took a deep dive into the medical research looking for cures to his wife's Creutzfeldt-Jacobs disease, a rare chronic neurodegenerative condition with no known cure. While he didn't find a solution for Soraya, the information he discovered and now uses in his clinic is showing promise for thousands of people and their brain health. Dr. Echo, welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. Hey, thank you so much. So you and I share an aligned story of how loss led us to pursue changes in healthcare. And I know we can talk about that at length, and I'm hopeful that your story will weave its way into our conversation today. But I'm wondering if you can start us off by talking about how you define longevity and how your personal experiences may have actually changed that for you. So I have grown through life experiences and with the loss of a wife to really appreciate the preciousness of life. And that process of losing a loved one is tragic. There's grief and sadness and sorrow, loss, all of those things. And for me, that process ripped me open as a human in such a profound, beautiful way in that it gave me that deep appreciation of the preciousness of life. And in a weird way, it reinstated my faith in the oneness of all or in unity consciousness and really bringing that into and informing my day-to-day with people of kind of going you know, right to the matter, to the heart of the matter, because we don't know how long we have on the planet. And it is an amazing space, like really grateful for a fully functioning, pain-free body, you know, sharp, tack, wit, mind, and lovely community. And then you put that on top of a beautiful planet with nature and all of the wonders of taste and touch and sound and music and joy, all of those. It's like, wow, that really has come full throttle to me as a result of a profound loss. And in putting that into a longevity discussion, you know, why not 
why wouldn't we want to live for as long as we can in this very special space we find ourselves in? You know, I've, I've said, you know, I want to live to be 150 years old. And even providers and practitioners look at you like, are you out of your mind? Have you seen the, <laughs> the aged population out there? You know, not going into what aging is today, but we are living at an amazing time with some really incredible breakthroughs that I want to share with the listeners today. Yeah, that's so amazing. And I have chills and goosebumps and want to get into those findings. And I just also want to reflect that for those of us who have experienced loss before it's time, and I don't know if we can even say that, but like you and I have, when people talk about aging and like bemoan aging, I'm always left with this reality that my husband died when he was 34 years old, just 34 years old, like literally just turned 34. And that this is a blessing. Like, how do we honor the opportunity to age as opposed to bemoaning it? And I think that shift in perspective, even in and of itself changes the way we think about longevity because it's an opportunity. Ah, oh, so true. The gift of life. For your loss, you know, Soraya passed when she was 43. So just reversing those numbers and way too early and not in the order that you would think or that we were raised to believe like that shouldn't happen or when, you know, children die and along those lines, and at the same time, when you think of the odds of even being born, it's like one in 500 million. Like you won the freaking lottery and it is such a gift. And so I think one of the components of, you know, early loss or unexpected loss or loss in the order that it's not supposed to happen. I mean, you know it on a cellular level. I mean, you know it in your heart that they never come back like that physical form or the ability to look in their eyes, to touch them, to smell them, to hug them, that's gone forever. And, you know, that concept of forever or infinity, et cetera, they weren't messing around with that concept. So, you know, there is that profound loss and that still exists. So, you know, I think a lot of times, well, I know a lot of times we do not do grief or loss well in our cultures. So being able to have those emotions, experience the depth of the tragedy, really, and that profound absence of the being, you know, Rudolf Steiner at the turn of the century was lecturing publicly around talking to, and he would always put quotations around the so-called dead. And it is this component of you know, really profoundly getting into quantum discussions around, you know, energy is not created nor destroyed. It just changes shape or form. And so leaving this mattered physical body into more of a waveform, you know, I get messages all of the time from Soraya, whether it be, you know, blue herons and, you know, maybe I'm making all of that up, but I will tell you the magic and the mystery really is alive if you tune into it or you choose to. You don't have to, but I, I choose to because it's just much more fun, actually, and bringing more of that mystery into life and and that connection to other maybe multi-dimensions, et cetera, is 
one way that I have made it through whole and open-hearted and with sharing of more love with people as a result, because I, you know, I'm just choosing to put those lenses on. And in a longevity discussion, I think that one is is really important because in the Western discussion of longevity, it's just like length of age. And, you know, it's kind of like accumulation of wealth or accumulation of times around the sun. That's not what we're talking about with longevity. It's really about the richness of what is the legacy you're leaving and how are you bringing more joy or love or bliss into this physical form and into this reality with all of us because it is such a gift. And so it does help make these changes of health changes or, you know, lifestyle components of watching where your dollars are, you know, what are you energetically feeding in this plane of reality? That's the fun game for me to see how can we, you know, effectively make change for more love in this form. Mm, so much you said in there, and I'm taking notes and wrote down the word legacy. And I'm wondering when you're talking about longevity, are you speaking to our time on the planet in a physical form, or are you also speaking into the legacy we leave behind with the time that we're in a physical form on this planet, like Soraya and Isamu living through us, living through our children, living through all the lives we touched? How are you defining longevity in that way? I do think it is on that legacy of, you know, what is the ripple? You know, we've got all of these mantras or chants or components that have been passed forward and have really, you know, surpassed the test of time. And that is such an amazing feat. You know, I, I practiced Chinese medicine and three to 5,000 years ago, this system was invented and we still practice it today. That is longevity. So when we practice the kind of the emperor's medicine is what I call it, of, you know, we have the best physicians of the day and pulling together the best herbal prescriptions and acupuncture points and mindsets and qigong and environmental practices, for that to be transmitted for as long as it has been, that is the type of longevity that I do speak to. And I think to couple that into, you know, what the day-to-day -day longevity talk is, like I want to live to be 150 years old, where there is a lot of wisdom that our elders can share with us. And the longer somebody is around, it means the more they've seen on the planet, where they've seen more patterns, they've seen more changes of the season, they've seen the history, they made the history. I mean, we created an award out of our center in Park City, Utah, the Centarian Gene, and it was for Gene England. He's 103 years old, and we had him up to the center, Be Vital, and he came in. He shared a story from 76 years ago of him in World War II. He received an award, and he's of the TR England Trucking, the huge trucking company in the United States, and he's 103. He got married at 101 years old to his lovely wife, and they are the cutest couple, and they are still full of life. And he shared this story. It was like, wow, you know, he went to war in World War II. He went to Okinawa. He saw many, many of his friends and comrades 
die in war. His message was war is horrible. You know, people gave their lives for the United States in profound ways. I mean, I think there were, I'll get the numbers wrong, but there were like 167 people in his troop and like 34 of them made it back. So I can't even imagine that type of loss. And here's this guy, 76 years later, just full of life, the sparkle in his eye, you know, a strong hand grip. And he just got married two years ago. So <laughs> like that is Amazing. like that is a legacy. Like he yes. created so much employment for so many families in the United States. And he just shared some just amazing stories with us. And that's what I'm talking about with longevity of supporting, recognizing, valuing, celebrating, and looking at how can we get more people into that state. It's really fascinating to think about how when we shift our perspective, reframe, as I like to say, from the pain and the suffering to the long-term legacy, how that actually might shift the risk-reward, the decisions that we're in our everyday because we're thinking about a longer tail than what's right in front of us, which is not how our culture is set up. And I want to get into the research and what you're finding, but when we talk about longevity, we tend to be thinking about living longer, but not the legacy we're leaving behind. So true. Yeah, right. It's usually a solo pursuit of, this is for me, but it is for me, it's also for family, it's also for community. And I basically couch it in and really how my practice has evolved is really how do we get as many people as we can into heart and brain coherence, creating from their heart space to really accelerate bringing heaven on earth much quicker than we ever dreamed possible because it's madness out there right now. So just, you know, that's the motivation for this provider here <laughs> with when I'm talking about this component. So where do we go from here? I have the underlying foundation of how we're talking about longevity. Tell me how this manifests for you in clinic and with your patients. Sure. So the first tenet of longevity is don't die. Uh, and so that's important. The longer we're around here in the next 10 years, there's going to be some phenomenal breakthroughs. So we do some screening, right? We look at the top killers of the day and we look at cardiovascular disease, still the number one killer. Well, I love the VO2 max as the best predictor for longevity. You can pick up microscopic changes in the cardiovascular system 10 to 15 years before it ever becomes an issue for someone. We also look at, of course, you know, blood work, blood panels. You know, I know a lot of folks love the Boston Heart Panel, looking at, you know, particle sizes for lipids and really getting a full array on those blood chemistries. You know, the next one would be on cancer. There's some great screening measures, of course, in blood chemistries. We have the GRAIL test that's out now that is not perfect, but it's better than what we've had as far as 
you know, screening for 65 different cancers. There's thermography. A lot of people are doing full body MRIs and CT scans now for screening measures. I think that's a little bit late in the game to do the imaging, but I like the uh, blood panels. There's a very interesting test coming out of India, SAR Labs, T-Z-A-R, where their data is showing they're able to pick up cancer six months before it becomes cancer in the body. And I think will become the standard of care as far as an annual screening for cancer. I think they're they're shooting for about $130 a year. Now, it's not available in the U.S. yet, but I'm keeping my ear to the ground on that one because that's really exciting. I met their founders this last year, and they have some really compelling data. And then on the third front is on neurodegeneration, which is another up-and-comer with Alzheimer's dementia, right? It doesn't help. My nana, Ethel Bloom, had dementia for 10 years. And, you know, I'm from Western Pennsylvania, Andrea, and my mother was a dairy farmer. She grew up on the farm, and she would tell me, now, Greg, if I ever get like nana, just take me out back and brick me. And I'm like, whoa, that is like, <laughs> That is some farm country talk there, mom. <laughs> Thank you. But to her point, you know, I think a lot of us do, we see our loved ones with dementia and their, their lives are gone, effectively gone, without the brain and without the mind. So we do P300 screening. We use a WAVI here in Portland at Nature Cures. And I have a full EEG brain frequency down in my Park City Center called Be Vital. But you can pick up the evoked action potentials. Any slowing of the electrical activity of the brain is the first sign of decline neurodegeneratively as far as on a mild cognitive impairment, dementia, Alzheimer's front. So those, you know, the screening measures, we also do functional analysis on levels of toxicity, right? That's one of the nutritional matrices on environmental inputs. You know, levels of toxicity obviously are driving inflammation and degeneration in our bodies. I screen on for brain health and brain regeneration. I think heavy metals are very important. I've seen those to be showstoppers for folks. Stool analysis, so looking at the microbiome, the gut is the second brain, and then hormone and hormone panels using cortisol, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. So really seeing through the matrix. Yes. Here. Yes. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So that's number one, right? Don't die. And we are taking a very comprehensive, holistic, functional perspective. What's next? And then I also do a bioenergetic scan. I do a voice scan. So I'm, I'm really tuning into, you know, the future of medicine is in frequency, light, sound. You know, I've been really asking myself since going through Kurtzfeld-Jacob disease with Soraya on misfolded proteins, like how do proteins misfold? And I do believe it's unresolved traumas, levels of trauma in this lifetime. There's ancestral traumas. So looking at genetic testing. I put a big asterisk next to that, but I think it can play a role here. And then levels of toxicity. So those are, you know, proteins misfold for protection. And then they start signaling other proteins when they're out of balance. So we do the testing, we do some bioenergetic scanning, and then we develop programs specifically for, you know, what we find there. So if it's in detoxification, 
will do detoxification. I think everyone really does need to do detox on an annual, biannual, triannual basis just because of what we're exposed to out in the world. You know, our bodies are very resilient, but given those, you know, changing of the filter, so to speak, it really does extend our life, quality of life, and the functioning of our system. It is so ornately designed. It's really, you know, just mind-boggling, really. I mean, I some I just joke with folks on, I'll do Raglan's test of just blood pressure sitting to standing. I say, you know, it's really miraculous we can even get up out of the chair without falling down because of everything that goes on to make that happen. And we just take it for granted, like willy-nilly, like until it doesn't happen anymore, right? So how do you hold, and there's so many things I'd love to come back and talk to you about, how do you hold the conversation of all the testing and the looking outside for information while tapping into that internal drive and thinking about what it is we're here for and what we want to leave behind? You know, I think it is really getting still and quiet. You know, it's like that old Cat Stevens song of the answer lies within. And we all have kind of been brought up to look for those answers outside of ourselves. And really that reflection back in to realize you are uniquely you and you made it to this plane of existence, which is freaking priceless and quite miraculous. And to understand you're uniquely you and you're here and bringing forth your gifts, whatever those are, but what are those? Those are the things that light up your heart when you think like, oh, what about this? And if it brings you joy and lights you up and feeds you on that level, then by all means, please bring them forth and bring those gifts forth because that's what you're here for. When you start asking people, well, why did you incarnate? Like, why did you come here? And they just look at you with this like blank look, like, what are you talking about? I got to, you know, I got to go to work today. Like, what are you talking about? So it's having those conversations and really sparking that in Chinese medicine, we call it the Ming Men fire. It's the life force energy of really getting the individual back in touch with that purpose and that flame and that thing that lights them up. That is so fun to practice that way and really empower. And I'm bringing back a word from the nineties. And I mean, you know, empowerment of having people realize that they truly are the creator of their reality and it's shared. So, you know, what are you thinking about all day? You know, it's like what, 86% of our thoughts are the same thoughts as yesterday and we expect something different to occur. So it's really getting quiet, going within, asking your heart, what is it that I'm doing here? You know, and really asking that of yourself of getting into contemplation, getting quiet, going out into nature is one of my favorite places to do that. And just listen intently. And, you know, you might not get an answer right away, but just even listening to the wind or what I call watching the trees breathe, you can find that inspiration and that flame and get it lit again within you. That's really the fun part of what I'm really up to here. 
Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much, Dr. Eckel. I love the weaving together of the practical with this deeper understanding of what gives us our meaning and what actually motivates us. It's a really beautiful way to consider longevity from a therapeutic lens. Thank you for the work you're doing and sharing your wisdom with us today. You are so welcome. Thank you for having me on, Andrea. The 15-Minute Matrix is hosted and produced by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The podcast is edited and mixed by Brian Paik of Pacific Audio, and special thanks go out to Alia Hale, Pamela Geismar, Sandra Brower, Evan Hollingsworth, Heidi Kaufman-Lakowitz, and Rowan Bradley for their support making the 15-Minute Matrix possible. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to see the completed functional nutrition matrix that accompanies today's or any episode, be sure to head over to the podcast website. Again, that's 15minutematrix.com. We love when you share our episodes with your friends and colleagues, leave a review and rate the show. That helps us to grow our collective message that functional nutrition is the future of healthcare. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Functional Nutrition Alliance, and you can follow me at Andrea Nakayama. And if you or someone you know is interested in becoming a functional nutrition counselor, head over to fxnutrition.com to learn more about our Full Body Systems program. Full Body Systems is our 10-month immersion course where you'll learn the systems-based approach to addressing the root causes of your client's issues through client education, diet, and lifestyle modification. Again, you can always learn more at fxnutrition.com.